You're now listening to the Tax Smart REI podcast, your source for all things real estate, accounting, and tax. Here we reveal our secrets that can save you thousands in taxes, streamline your accounting process, and help grow your business. Stay tuned to hear insightful interviews with industry experts, successful real estate investors, and current clients on what strategies they use to grow their business and how they steer clear of Uncle Sam. Hey, welcome to this episode of the TaxSmart REI podcast. Today, we're going to be discussing self-employment taxes and real estate, right? So when real estate investors are subject to self-employment taxes and when they're not, believe it or not, there's a lot of confusion out there on online communities, on the forums, et cetera, et cetera, about when real estate investors are subject to this tax. So we're going to dive into all of that in just one second after a quick word from Driftwood Capital. Driftwood Capital is a vertically integrated real estate investment firm with a focus on hospitality assets. For more than 25 years, the principals at Driftwood Capital have built deep relationships with brands, lenders, and brokers, unlocking direct access to institutional-grade investments for its network of over 1,500 accredited investors. Driftwood finds deals, completes due diligence, creates the business plan, secures financing, and closes the deal with its own capital. Then Driftwood offers accredited investors the opportunity to invest directly in these deals with a minimum of $50,000, enabling you to create a diverse portfolio that meets your financial goals. It's time to start building your portfolio today. Visit www.driftwoodcapital.com slash CPA to learn more. Again, that's www.driftwoodcapital.com slash CPA to learn more. That's all for now. And without further ado, we'll jump right into today's episode. All right. And we're back in today's topic again is when are real estate investors subject to the self-employment taxes? So the self-employment tax is a 15.3% tax on your income that you typically earn on an ordinary trader business, right? So if you're running just a regular business, maybe you have a, an accounting firm or a consultancy, or you're flipping properties, or maybe you're a property management firm, these are types of businesses that could be subject to the self-employment tax. And the self-employment tax is a 15.3% tax on your net income from these businesses. So it's kind of important to understand if self-employment taxes impact real estate investors, right? Like if I just buy a long-term rental, is my long-term rental subject to this additional 15.3% tax? We don't really think about this because depreciation eliminates all of our income. So we don't really have positive income at the end of the day that when we report it to the IRS. So we're not really thinking about this, but Every once in a while, you might have some big income coming in from your rental real estate, and you might start to wonder, wait a second, do I owe this additional 15.3% tax, much like I do on my business income, right? And the 15.3% tax, it's two halves. It's the employee half, and it's the employer half of Social Security and Medicare tax. So it's a 7.65% tax that the employee pays, 7.65% that the employer pays. But when you're self-employed, you pay both halves. So if I just have a W-2 job, uh, and I'm not self-employed, I'm only going to pay my 7.65%. My employer is going to pay the other 7.65%. So it's also kind of something just to be aware of. Like even when you, if you are a W-2 employee, you you are able to drastically reduce your income. Um, or if you're just looking at your income taxes on your tax return as like how much tax you paid that year, just remember that you also paid Social Security and Medicare tax. So that also needs to be factored in because it might help you make decisions at some future point about, you know, retiring or retiring early, you know, you you are paying a lot of tax just through your normal paychecks and withholdings that you're making on an ongoing basis or that you have on an ongoing basis. So the question becomes if I'm investing in real estate, 
is my income subject to self-employment tax? Or better yet, when is my income subject to self-employment tax? Yeah, that's that's a great question. And uh, typically for many real estate investors, where you might first run into self-employment taxes, if you're fixing and flipping properties, right? So when you're fixing and flipping properties, you're likely going to be classified as a dealer or you're going to be classified under the dealer status. And that's going to subject you to the self-employment tax. And that's because your real estate is no longer a capital asset. It's no longer an investment property like it would be if it's a rental. We'll get into that in just a second. But it becomes inventory and as if it were just a regular trader business, right? So like if you look at a retail store, if they're selling candy, that's inventory and their net income from that retail store is going to be subject to self-employment tax. The same principle goes here when you're dealing with fixed and flipping properties. Because it's inventory, because you're not holding it for investment, you're holding it for resale, that's when you're going to be subject to the 15.3% self-employment tax. This is the first right, right. opportunity. Right. And, and so to take this further, IRC section 1402A defines net earnings from self-employment and the subsection, the subparagraph one says that there shall be excluded from self-employment tax, all rentals from real estate. And then it kind of goes on and, and continues. And it says, unless such rentals are received in the course of a trader business as a real estate dealer. All right. So we, we have to kind of think about that real estate dealer definition that is in IRS publication 334. And it says, you're a real estate dealer if you're engaged in the business of selling real estate to customers with the purpose of making a profit from those sales. Rent you receive from real estate held for sale for customers is subject to self-employment tax. However, rent you receive from real estate held for speculation or investment is not subject to self-employment tax because you wouldn't be a real estate dealer at that point. So kind of muddies the water a little bit, right? Makes it a little confusing. Like if I have a short-term rental, then I'm not going to be a real estate dealer, but I might be classified as a service business if I'm providing substantial services to my guests. So that's where I might get tripped up with the self-employment tax rules. If, If I'm doing too much, right? If I'm providing substantial services to my guests, that's when I'm probably going to be on Schedule C. That's when I'm going to be subject to those self-employment taxes. Even even if not necessarily a dealer, I'm doing a lot. Like tenants are coming because they want the service because I'm giving them all this extra stuff. And the lodging is part of that, but it's maybe not like the main thing. Is that kind of the right way to think about it? Yeah, it could certainly be one way to think about it. I think one way to look at it is like when you're renting out a property, you're you're renting out the space to the tenant, and that's a rental activity for the most part. As we're learning here, that's not generally going to be subject to the self-employment tax. However, once you start piling on services on top of that, right? Services are typically subject to self-employment tax. So I, I, I think that is the right way to think about it. If you're starting to provide significant services to your tenants or to your guests, that's when you could rise to the level of of being subject to that self-employment tax. But when you're purely renting it out again, and you're renting it out and you're holding that asset, that piece of real estate for investment rather than to hold it out for resale, that's when you're not going to be subject to the tax. Yep. Makes sense. And so let's talk about why, why do tax advisors constantly get this wrong? And when I say get this wrong, I mean... You know, we see a self-storage facility reported on Schedule C. We see a short-term rental reported on Schedule C when maybe it shouldn't be because we're not providing substantial services. We're just passively renting this thing. Even if we're materially participating, we're still not providing substantial services. So it shouldn't be on Schedule C because it's not subject to self-employment taxes. So it's only subject to self-employment taxes if I'm making a real business out of this. If I'm providing the substantial services to clients, now I'm going to go put it on Schedule C. But that's not 
happening with most short-term rentals, with most self-storage facilities. The reason that people get this wrong is they think that the definition of a rental activity or specifically being excluded from the definition of a rental activity under Treasury Reg Section 1469-TE32A means that because it's not a rental activity, it must therefore be a self-employment activity. That's the trigger, right? And they're kind of coming to that conclusion as they prepare your tax return. It's like, well, if it's not a rental activity under Section 469, then I can't put it on Schedule E, so I must have to put it on Schedule C. But what's really going on, the analysis that they're not doing, but what's happening is they're basically saying, well, it's not a Section 469 rental activity, so therefore it must be subject to Section 1402. But remember, Section 1402A1 says we exclude all rental income from self-employment taxes, unless we're a real estate dealer, unless we're providing substantial services. So we can't just go and make that jump simply because we don't have a, quote, rental activity under Section 469. That's the wrong way to approach it. I might not have a rental activity under Section 469, but I also might not be a real estate dealer and I might not be providing substantial services. So it shouldn't be subject to Section 1402 or subject to self-employment taxes because of Section 1402. So if that's the case, I'm not going to report this activity on Schedule C because that's right. going to you know throw off all that self-employment tax. Right, right. And the reason why, I think another reason why this is just so confusing out there, I mean, look how nuanced this is, right? You have to look at section 1402 to analyze the self-employment tax. Then you have to look at section 469. They're using very similar terms. If you're not really digging in and drilling down into this stuff, it's really easy as a tax advisor to get mixed up and get confused. However, when you really take a look at it, like we just did here, then you really can see how this all works. It's relatively clear that rental income is not subject to self-employment tax unless you're a dealer and you're holding it out or you're providing those substantial services. So got to drill down into it. Again, section 469 is what deals with the passive activity rules. And then you have section 1402, which deals with the self-employment taxes, two separate sections. So you have to look at both in order to get to the bottom of this question. Yep. hundred percent. So where could you trip this up? Let's talk about that. The first way is if I run a short-term rental, is providing a lot of amenities and services to my tenants. So maybe they go and rent my beach house and I have a golf cart that they can pay me to access. Maybe I give them tours. We have people that give their short-term rental tenants tours of the lake, tours of the city. That would trip substantial services, right? Now you do have a Schedule C activity. You're providing a lot more than simply lodging. On the self-storage side, maybe I have a store where people can buy locks and they can, you know, and I can help them pack and give them boxes and help them move and all that stuff. Like, okay, now I have substantial services. I mean, it's not as simple as that. You do have to look at all the facts and circumstances, but that is where you, listener, should be throwing up a flag so that you can have a conversation with your accountant on whether or not you're meeting your tax obligations. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, if you do have questions about this, you got to make sure that you, you talk to a tax advisor, get the stuff right. Otherwise, you might end up paying more self-employment taxes than necessary, or you might not be paying self-employment taxes where you should. And if that ever ever comes up under audit, you could be on the hook for back taxes, penalties, and interest, which is also not a good thing. So if you do have questions about stuff like this, uh, feel free to join our Tax Smart Investors Facebook group. Uh, we'll always have a great discussion going on there. That's www.facebook.com slash group slash Investors. 
or you can jump in our insiders group at taxsmartinvestors.com where you can have access to live Q&As that Brandon and I host. And you can ask those types of questions live to get more clarity on your specific circumstances. So we'll catch you in there. And that's about it, I think, for today's episode of the Tax Smart REI podcast. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to today's show. If you enjoyed the show, please find us on iTunes and leave us a review. You can also email us at contact at therealestatecpa.com with any feedback or topic suggestions. We are always taking on new clients and with the new tax laws in play, you really don't want to navigate this alone. Let us help you save money on taxes and with your accounting and CFO needs. To become a client, navigate to our client page at therealestatecpa.com and fill out a web form with as much detail about your situation as possible. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great rest of your week.